On your campus or in your district, how do you allow students to lead? After reflecting on this question myself, I realized that I needed to learn more about this topic, so I found a great resource to gain more strategies. I'm really excited to have the authors of the new book, When Kids Lead, Todd Nisloni and Adam DeVico on the podcast to share about leadership development for students and adults. Welcome back everyone to Aspire, the leadership development podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back to the Aspire Podcast, and I have the pleasure of bringing two friends back on the show. They are two phenomenal leaders, but even better human beings. My guests are no other than Todd Nisloni and Adam DeVico. Thank you, gentlemen, for being on the show once again. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, excited to be back. And both of you just created a book, When Kids Lead. And generally, I ask my guests about their leadership journeys, but you both have been on the show before, and I honestly, I think everyone should go back and listen to those two episodes. They're extremely powerful. But I want to jump into the book. There are so many leadership books out there, but this book's really, really different. And I'm just wondering why you guys chose the topic and why is it so important for people to read? Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Josh. I mean, it's there are so many leadership books out there. And so when Todd and I kind of had that conversation about, hey, let's let's get our thoughts together, presented together for, for a while now. And so we wanted to take leadership in a different direction. It's no secret that adult leaders had to start somewhere. And many adult leaders were fortunate over their tenure to receive guidance and mentorship and feedback to get to where they are. But we recognize how many adults didn't or don't have that. And so we wanted to create this book as an adult guide for how to cultivate, grow, empower leadership in kids, uh, because it is kind of like what you mentioned, kind of a missing piece of the story of leadership. You know, and when we thought about this idea too, it was, you know, we, we wanted to create something that was timeless. And, and that's exactly what working with kids is. I mean, when you're talking about ways to grow kids into leaders, those kind of skills are timeless. No matter if we are talking about them today or 20 years from now, they're still going to be important skills for them to do. And when we wrote this too, we wanted to also provide a guide for any adult to, who didn't even know where to begin. Because, you know, we can talk about leadership all we want. And, and like Adam said, you know, there's tons of adult leadership books that we can grow ourselves. But that doesn't mean we always know how to grow student leaders. Mm -hmm. And so over the years of being in different leadership roles ourselves, but also growing students, we really wanted to provide not just general ideas, like we wanted to get down to the meat and say, here's the step-by-step things that you can do immediately to start growing them, whether those leaders are extroverted or introverted. We cover it all. Todd, you used the word you use the word timeless, but I'd also like to throw out the word timely as well. A lot of people had said have said to us, this book is timely because you know, at the time we are talking right now, there are so many important things going on in our in our country and around the world um, with Black Lives Matter movement, uh, LGBTQ rights, that we we as adults are looking at many younger people in our society to take that leadership role. And so there's a lot of inherent pressure being put upon young leaders. And so in addition to Todd's timeless, I'll put timely uh, as, as another word perhaps to describe the book. No, I would totally agree with that. And I think that's a perfect segue to my next question because you know you, t- you guys talk about the cultivating character piece. And I think that's so perfect to start the book with 
you know, looking at characteristics within your students. But then a lot of times we just assume that kids know how to be leaders and we don't really train them and we don't really look at the uh, social emotional piece or like you said, Adam, about like social issues and really diving into those things, but then also character uh, and characteristics of a leader. So can you just share what you think are characteristics that you want to instill in, in students? So, you know, for me, it's it's all about um, my biggest character trait that I always want to instill not only in students but with my team that I work with, with other adults, is just that idea of empathy, empathy and compassion. Because I think, you know, when we can truly take time to try to understand where somebody's coming from, we become that much better of a leader because they see that we value them enough to try to understand them. Now, obviously, with empathy you're never going to understand exactly what somebody's been dealing with or what they're growing through because we can't be them, but we can take the time to A, educate ourselves and B, try to relate to them and make them see that we see them, we hear them and we're ready to take action. I love what Adam said earlier about this being timely too, because when you look at history itself, I mean, the young people, kids are the ones that end up changing things. When we look at what's going on with COVID-19 and, and the kind of upheaval that's provided to our kids and our adults and the uncertainty that's existed there now and and all of the being ripped from your teachers and not knowing what's next. I mean, it's even more important to be pouring into kids and their character because as we've seen with all the states eliminating their exams at the end of the year, the world has seen what educators have have already known (laughs) is that a test has never defined our kids. It's, It's what we're pouring into them educationally of course, standards are important, but the heart is just as important as the brain. And for me, it's really about confidence. Uh, last week, and actually each week, I should say, Todd and I have a weekly Facebook Live series where we actually interview kids, real life kids. It's been an absolute, absolute pleasure and treat learning from so many of these young leaders. But just last week, Todd and I interviewed uh, one of my former students, actually, and she recently led, she was a co-organizer of a Black Lives Matter movement and protest in her hometown in Georgia. And one of the key elements that she brought up several times, I think, Todd, was her confidence in her abilities. And, you know, how does a 20-year-old go about leading a protest? I mean, that's not a small endeavor. And so I think confidence for me is one of those character traits that just becomes paramount for building leadership. And, you know, when we say confidence, it's not just an overnight type thing. It takes time, it takes opportunities, and adults are frequently the people that can provide those chances and those systems where kids can feel empowered to build their confidence. And whether we do it in our classroom, our sports fields, up on stage, in a club, we have the opportunity to give this blessing to our students to build that confidence so later on they can do these great things. So you talked about the Facebook Live, and I think those are very, very powerful, and I think our leaders really need to tune into those. So when are those occurring? They are on Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, and they're over on Todd's Facebook page. There, They're up there. You could see any of the previous ones, and we've done, I think, almost 10 of them now. And let me tell you, you know, I, I do a lot of conversations with people, but these have been my favorite. We've had a MasterChef Junior winner. We've had a young girl who was featured on CNN. 
for her art projects that she gives to the homeless and, and to other kids. We have had kids who do these great speeches and have gone out and do this fantastic work. We've had, you know, the gentleman who wrote the foreword to our book, who is actually a teenager as well. He started a nonprofit at the age of four and a half. Um, and so he's now a teenager, but he, he came on. And so we've got to have lots of cool kids to come on and just share their own brilliance. And I, I know for me, I just sit there and go, dang, I wish I was doing this at 12 years old or a 16 years old or a 21 years old, you know, all the ages we've had. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there jealous that I must have been wasting my time while they're out here changing the world. Well, I think that's a good point too, because I'm reading this book. And I'm like, man, if I had the opportunities that are in this book, like if my administrators growing up provide this to me, like what would that look like? And I think there's a mind shift that needs to occur with any building leader, you know, and I think this book does a great job of pointing those things out. And so, for instance, like student voice, what are some things that leaders or teachers can do to amplify student voice so they actually get that experience like you're talking about and doing all these amazing things that most students in a school setting don't even get the opportunity to do? You know, the, the voice chapter is one of those really interesting ones because frequently when we think about leadership, voice is the first thing that comes to mind. And I'm always quick to point out that leadership does not involve necessarily just speaking. And so voice becomes almost symbolic in a way where, yes, absolutely, if you can use your voice to lead. But sometimes your voice can be done through your writing or through your movements. Voice is symbolic of a lot of different things. Uh, but for those people who do see voice as literally speaking, Todd and I both shared many examples of allowing your students to do simple things throughout your school, such as, you know, get up in front of uh, your class. Standing up when you speak in class is, uh, is a simple classroom procedure where students who might be shy, introvert, can start in a very small, safe setting to simply stand to speak and build that confidence over time. For those students who are maybe a bit more comfortable already, we have things uh, like doing a speech in front of the school, maybe for a leadership position. Uh, at both of our schools, we had ambassadors, yep. and these were students who give tours and so there's, there's so many different varieties and levels of using your voice. I shared a story from a former student who found her voice through poetry, and it was completely accidental. I wish I could say that I purposely did this for her, but I didn't know it at the time. It just kind of blossomed through this experience. And so as an educator, as a coach, as a mentor, you never truly know where that student voice can come from. And so we just kind of have to experiment sometimes, give opportunities, take risks. Uh, and, and sometimes you just, you catch that hook. Well, you know, and, and when it comes to student voice too, we also have a whole section in there about students using their own voices at parent-teacher conferences. Yep. And so where they're using their voice to explain what they're learning, what their goals are, and we give you strategies on how to make that successful. But I think for me, it's also understanding that our schools are so much more than buildings that house kids and our schools have a story to tell. And many times as adults, we're the ones telling the story of the school. And, you know, I really wanted to flip that on its head. And that's why, you know, at my school, I started social media interns and we have a whole section in the book that talks about how I had kids running the entire social media. They ran our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Snapchat, our Periscope, our, I mean, all of it. And they did fantastic. And I've seen schools do this all the way down with second graders. I mean, I had fifth graders running mine, but it's all about thinking smarter, not harder, A. And then it is also about, you know, that's another way to amplify their voice, to let them show off what they find incredible about the school. And it gets your parents more involved with social media when the kids go home talking about it. 
Yep. And there is another piece to it too is, you know, you guys had the student collaboration piece and um, that was such a strong chapter because it talked about real world application. And I think that's a missing piece in schools right now is we, we teach our students about the world, but we don't actually give them the opportunities to, to go out and to do those things. And collaboration is such a huge piece. We talk about soft skills, which are really essential skills. And collaboration is right up there as far as, you know, students being able to do that and get real world jobs. So why was that so important for you guys to add that in and what can our leaders do to enhance collaboration within the school? You know, when we thought about adding a collaboration section in the book, you know, we thought about it because when Adam and I think of collaboration, we don't think of it stereotypically because I think many times educators hear the word collaboration and they think, yeah, I'm putting my kids in groups yep. or they may, or they're, they're working from home on things with their parents or families or, or they're going to work in partners. And for me, that's the, the basics of collaboration. When I look at it, for, especially from an administrative perspective, I think of it in such more of a worldwide, bigger picture. It's like, why can't your fifth grade class collaborate with a kindergarten class on this cool semester long project? Even though I'm at an elementary school, why can't I utilize my high school football team for this collaborative project? Or, you know, even I, I share a story from my own experience, you know, in a classroom of when I was a classroom teacher, mm -hmm. I wanted to connect my kids with another class. So I found a teacher who well, he was teaching in Michigan and we connected our class. We called them brother classes. We connected our classes every week and, you know, they snow up there. My kids had never seen snow in Texas. So they were all freaking out when they got to see the kids sled down the hill. When we had a guest come and speak to our class, like the first question my kids ask are, can we call our brother class? And let them listen to the speaker too. And so when I think of the world that our kids are entering and the world that we are already living in, I mean, COVID-19 shined a glaring spotlight on that collaboration is a must. Yep. And, and there is no way we're going to get through this life without communicating and collaborating. And I think of, you know, even though I've been stuck at home for what feels like 17 years, but it's just been a couple months, <laughs> You know, I think of all the things that I've done collaborating with people around the world just from my computer. Yep. And I had to know how to communicate with them. I had to know how to learn new tech tools. I had to know how to work through difficulty and deal with my own insecurities and stresses on top of that. So, you know, all of that comes with collaboration. So the more experiences we can give kids in collaborating with all types of students and adults, the better it makes them in the long run. Yep. Yeah, Josh, I love that you brought up the essential skills. And I actually, I, I call them essential as well versus soft. But one of the pieces that we did not do very well at first, uh, Todd and I, was thinking about the, the layout of the book. And thank God for great editors, because <laughs> we we admittedly kind of put our chapters in order of kind of our interest to some degree. Sure. And our editor very clearly said to us, you know, before you start explaining the the where and the when, you've got to explain the why and the how. And for a chapter like collaboration, we had to put it later in the book because you can't do a collaboration type approach until you have that foundation with things such as essential skills. So, you know, Todd mentioned the communication piece. Well, those are foundational skills that we assume kids just naturally are going to have. Yep. We know that they don't. And so it becomes thus so important to have time and opportunity 
and dedication to building those foundational skills. And so the layout of the book as you see it now is so much more logical in terms of building up in terms of get laying the foundation and then getting the layer. So by the time you get to that collaboration chapter, which is much down the line, you will have had already learned a little bit more about the how and the why of, of getting kids these character traits like we talked about before or these essential skills that we've discussed as well. Uh, so you, you got to lay the, the foundation before you build the house. Well, I think this book is phenomenal. Everyone needs to go out and get it. When Kids Lead is the title. And I want to pivot because you guys are not just making an impact with young leaders, but you're also working with adults in Get Your Lead On. So for those who are not attached to that project yet, <laughs> what is that all about? So, you know, we've done Get Your Lead On for goodness two years now, I think it is, Adam. And so, you know, they have been in-person events, just like typical conferences, they're in-person. And we've tried to be very untypical with them and provide a unique learning experience for leaders. And when we say leaders, we want to be clear that, you know, I get so tired of people saying, you know, I don't have a leadership role. I'm not an administrator. I'm not a curriculum instructor. If you are showing up and serving kids, you're immediately a leader. And so we wanted to provide this unique learning experience that was high energy, that was engaging, that was hands-on. And, and we have had a blast doing that. But obviously, we can't get together with people right now. And so it was an idea of like, well, you know, we still want to create a unique learning experience because just because we're sitting at home doesn't mean we don't want to learn. And so that's when we had the idea first of Get Your Virtual Lead On. So Adam, I'll let you tell them about that first. Yeah, so Get Your Virtual Lead On was a, or is, I guess, an attempt to address the big leadership needs out there right now. Uh, leadership is going to look different moving forward. I think we all know that. But in many ways, leadership still has a foundation. And we brought in a diverse, wide range of, of skills and backgrounds. And I think one of the coolest things for me, I don't know about you, Todd, but I thought it was so neat how we had leaders from different fields as well, not just school leaders. We had an Olympic gold medalist uh, we had a, a media of the librarian of the year. So leadership in different in different ways. And I think that's so cool to bring in leadership from different backgrounds because at the end of the day, there are those core leadership values that you can carry with you. And I know I just took so much away. And Todd and I were so fortunate because we got to host the day. And he and I sat and watched every single session just live as everyone else did. And we got to, you know, we were fortunate that we got to provide some commentary afterwards, but man, we have pages and pages and pages of notes ourselves because we learned just endless amounts from them. And you know, one of my favorite parts about it though, it, when we put it together was, again, we, we always try to be a little bit different than what everybody else is doing. And one thing that we were really passionate about was providing bite-sized PD. Because so many times, you know, I hear about this great webinar and I'm like, but it's an hour. Like I don't have the brain power after Zooming all day long to go and sit through an hour. It was like, so when we created Get Your Virtual Lead On, it was we had 20 minute chunks. 20 to 25. It was like, and for us, it was great because I was like, great. I got four to five takeaways minimum and I'm ready to hop into the next one. Like I'm not overwhelmed by this one speaker or if I didn't feel like they were like meeting what I needed in that moment, it was, it was still fine because it's just 20, 25 minutes. Sure. But I love that it's like, that's what we were really focused on was building that and making it super affordable too, because you know, this is an opportunity for people who can't travel 
to get really high quality PD, which led into us then wanting to design something different for the fall. Cause again, we, we didn't want to do the same thing over and over and over again. So this fall we're debuting camp lead on because you see our, our theme this year for our real life lead on was supposed to have a whole camping theme. We re-theme every year. If you know Adam and I, we always have costumes and suits and, and we were so excited to debut a camping theme. And then we don't know if we're going to a, be able to in person or not. And so uh, for the camp lead on, we were like camping, like we're all campers going on this day. So Adam, tell them about camp lead on because I'm so excited about this. Yeah, so Camp Lead On is going to be an awesome time for leaders because we are not just going to have a one-day event. We we want to have, and by the way, so let me backtrack just a little bit. Research, I'm kind of a dork with research and, and all that. And so research shows that in order to have effective professional development, it needs to be continued. One and done shot deals are just not proven effective. I mean, you can look at study after study and they all show the same thing. You need continual PD that will, uh, you know, reinforce and continue the learning each time. And so that's what Todd and I want to do. So this fall, we will have a professional development series that we're of course calling Camp Lead On. And so each month, we have from August through December, a different, uh, we're calling them ex excursions to go along with the whole camping theme. And so our five excursions, anything from mental health, to campus culture, equity and culturally responsive leadership, curriculum and instruction, and cultivating leadership are the different ways that we're going to be reaching leaders. And we have assembled 32, it's a lot of people, 32 <laughs> amazing leaders from uh, just across the country. And uh, we are going to be giving you guys, you know, whoever's listening to them, just very specific, relevant topics to what we are dealing with right now in our country. And, you know, when we tried to piece this together, you know, when we're putting together 32 people, one thing that we hope people have been able to tell since Get Your Lead On's inception is that Adam and I really want to amplify as many voices as we can that come from a wide variety of backgrounds. You know, Adam told you just a minute ago how, how the variety of people we brought to virtual Lead On. And so when we were planning Camp Lead On, we thought the same thing. It's like, I need elementary, I need secondary, I need all type. I need men, women, everything. I need North, South. I, we wanted everything in between people who weren't in education to share too. And so we really brought together some of the best and brightest people around the world to lead these sessions. Some of my favorite people are involved as well. I mean, and we didn't even get to ask everybody we wanted to. I mean, we, we, we stopped at 32 and it was like, we still had like 20 other names on our list that were like, oh, we're going to have to look at them whole hopefully for something later. But what's really cool about Camp Lead On is that you can sign up for an individual excursion or you can do the whole experience. Like it's like a buffet. You can take what you want. So you're not locked into anything that doesn't really fit your needs. And again, just like with virtual Lead On and with our normal in-person Lead Ons, it's meant for anybody. Like it really doesn't matter what your role is in education. You're going to get something out of it. And that's what I love the most. It's like, even in the work that I'm doing now with TEPSA, I'm still learning so much from these people. And already, you know, we, we shared our graphic out of all 32 people. And, and I just look at it and I'm so excited for all those. And we're announcing the individual excursions next week. I, I can't wait. Adam knows that I am not good 
at holding on to secrets. He gives me a really Todd, hard time about it Todd all the time. Ask him to keep a secret for three years and he doesn't care. He's like, well, that's the day we'll announce when we get there. And I'm like that kid on Christmas morning where I've already opened all the Christmas gifts and then rewrapped them so that my parents don't know. And Adam's like, Todd, no, we're not releasing this early. Having Todd keep a secret is one of the hardest things in the world. For anyone who's interested in signing up, these are going to be released on the first of each month and they will be available to the person for the entire month. So 30, 31 days, they'll have access to this. So it's not just a one day thing. You can watch it over and over throughout the month. And at the end of the month, Todd and I are going to be hopping on to do a live question and answer session. So throughout the month, we're going to be asking people to submit questions as they're watching these videos. And Todd and I will select as many questions as we can to answer during that time period. And we might even bring in some of our speakers from that month to join us to help us answer the question. So we're super excited. And Todd is going to lose his mind soon if we don't get to release this. So it will be very, very soon. And, you know, Adam said we're going to release each excursion at the beginning of each month and you get it for 30 days. But if you do sign up for the whole experience, you'll get the content the whole time. And that's what's the best is that, you know, my thing is, is I always sign up for webinars and I don't think I ever watch any of them live. Like I'm always like, just send me the recording. And when I'm exercising, I'll watch it. Or when I'm sitting on the back porch, I'll listen to it. Like I like to listen to it when I want to. And that's what I love about how we put this together. And, you know, we've got a, a brilliant man behind the scenes, Chase Mayo. Many people don't know what he looks like, but he pieces everything together and works his magic. Then we could not do this without him. So I always want to give him a shout out to whenever we do these because he is phenomenal. Well, I love the creative ways that you guys are enhancing leadership skills. And I'm going to pivot just for a second. Todd, I want to ask you about a passion project of yours. I have the first edition, but the real thing just <laughs> launched, which is Spruce and Lucy. It's a children's book. It's one of my favorites. Will you just speak on that real quick? Yeah. So this book was 15 years in the making. And the reason it was 15 years in the making is, you know, I've written a couple books, but I never felt secure enough in my voice to share a picture book. Um, I wrote it 15 years ago, was super proud of it at the time. My college class that I was in voted it the best one. I got a copy written. My father-in-law was a paper printer at the time. He printed some copies for me. So there are some original copies with my illustrations in them that they're not worth seeking out. <laughs> Let me just tell you, uh, maybe I can sell them for big money one day on eBay. But I sat on it for 15 years because I didn't feel like I was good enough to have a children's book out there. I am a huge children's book fan. And because of that, I tend to fall in this comparison category where I just feel like my words or illustrations weren't good enough. And with the help of my wife and a couple of friends just consistently egging me on, I hired an illustrator off of Fiverr out of Indonesia. And he, when he, he designed the cover for me as a test run to see if I was going to go with him. And I just, I remember just being blown away by the cover and I thought, okay, I, I think I can do this just because his illustrations are so good that I, I think I can put this out there. And so it came out in March, it's available on Amazon exclusively and I am so stinking proud of it and still absolutely terrified that it's out there for people to see, but I, I'm just, I'm really proud of it. No, everyone needs to go out and get it. It's one of my favorite children's book. Todd did a phenomenal job and, and I can proudly say I have one of the earlier editions. It is... <laughs> It's in my office right now, and I just love the book so much. So real quick before we end, I wanted to ask you both. You know, we, we are in an unprecedented time right now, and, you know, this podcast is meant for aspiring leaders. So last year, obviously, you know, with COVID-19, 
they haven't really had an opportunity to get their leadership skills enhanced in, in the sense of being in a brick and mortar school setting. And so I'm just wondering, what is some advice that you could give them in this odd time right now to enhance their skills? So there are obviously a number of, I'll call them nuts and bolts type things that you know, you're going to need to do in the school building, especially for aspiring leaders and in in perhaps the role of assistant principal. You know, you can't really do buses virtually or <laughs> there, there are nuts and bolts things that you'll, you'll need to wait. But there is nothing, nothing stopping you from building relationships right now. And it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. But there's nothing that's prohibiting you from finding creative and innovative ways to uh, make bonds with students, families, community members, businesses, there's still opportunity. And so whether it's riding a bus around, doing drive-by waves, or doing some Zoom meetings, whatever it may be, there are opportunities right now to get and go back to the word used before, Josh, essential skills. Yep. These are administrative essential skills that every leader needs to have. And so uh, that I think is one super important thing that anyone can do still despite the circumstances. You know, for me, I would say embrace the uncomfortable. And when I say that, you know, for me personally, I'm speaking very much to the listeners right now. Um, and by embracing the uncomfortable, for me, that is the systemic racism and different things that are happening around our country right now. And this is my personal belief, but I do not believe you can be an effective leader and say that you care about all kids and say that you care about all staff and say that you care about all families if you're not putting in the work to educate yourself on your own biases, your own fragility, your own defensiveness, but then taking that education and using it to change the systems that you have in place, using it to change the words that you use, the materials you put out there and not running from it because it sounds controversial or because it may upset some people. The way I look at it now is that it's my kids' lives at risk. Mm -hmm. When I choose to ignore racism, when I choose to ignore my black friends and brothers and sisters and kids and my brown and, 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 and my kids that are Muslim and my kids that are, that are dealing with LGBTQ questions and, and, and life and everything like that, you know, I have to be able to be there for all kids. Yep. And I don't feel that you can be an effective leader if you're not getting uncomfortable in your own growth in that area. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but it means you're educating yourself so that you can be aware of the effect of your words on communities that do not look or sound like you do. And I think that the spotlight has been put on that more than any other thing right now. Yep. And we can't let our kids and their families down because we're too afraid to address it. No, I love that point. Both of you had some phenomenal wisdom there and I just appreciate both those things. Um, as a leader, yes, we definitely need to be uncomfortable. And um, even if it's topics that we don't want to dive into, we have to dive into them because we serve a very diverse population. And so um, it would be a disservice to everyone involved if we didn't do that. Um, I love those words from both of you. Thank you. Real quick for our listeners, how can they connect with you on social media? So uh, mine is pretty simple. Everything's just my name, Adam DeVico, A-D-A-M-D-O-V-I-C-O, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and that's my website as well. I kept it simple and straight. 
So mine is Todd Nesloni. You can just Google Todd Nesloni. If you don't know how to spell it, just get close. I'm the only one that has that <laughs> even close to that and you'll find it. I tried to get Todd Nesloni on Twitter, but a few years ago, one of my friends did a joke and got Todd Nesloni on Twitter and then Twitter closed it down because they could tell it was a fake account. And when Twitter closes it down, they don't give you access to it again. No, no. So I'm Tech Ninja Todd on social media, but just Google Todd Nesloni. I'm going to give my website and it has all my social media links on there. <laughs> I like the Tech Ninja Todd anyways. That's unique, man. It is. It is. But I wanted everything to be aligned. And like, Adam can sit there and go, follow Adam DeVico everywhere. And I'm like, well, I'm Tech Ninja Todd on Instagram and Twitter, but I'm Todd Nesloni on Facebook and my website's Todd. So people can't spell Nesloni <laughs> yeah. anyway. So it really doesn't matter. I got the double underscore. That screws everybody up. So yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It is always phenomenal to talk with both of you. I just appreciate your time and all of the many things that you're doing for aspiring leaders. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you. We appreciate it as always.